Welcome back to another evening of Scotch Hour. I am Noah. And I'm Jesse. All right. Uh, this is episode 88, and uh, we're still grooving here. Hopefully, everyone. <laughs> Hopefully, everyone had a great week, and uh, you enjoyed uh, this previous week, and, and uh, you're looking forward to this evening's Scotch, which is Lagavulin, or what some people might say is Laga, the Offerman. Which is the charred? Is it charred oak? Is that what it is? Charred oak cask. Nice. And um, from there, we are going to do our get-togethers and shout-outs. And the restaurant we went to this week is Old Blinking Light. Thank goodness there's no lights blinking right here. I might go into a seizure or something. Seizure or something. <laughs> More scotch for me. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm twitching, Jesse Pye's pouring something in my mouth here a little bit. What do you think? Huh? Huh? It's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then our uh, our uh, smart challenge is the best of Christopher Walken. All right, Lago Vulin Offerman Edition, charred oak cask, 11 years, 46% ABV. This is the third Offerman offering by Lago Vulin, the previous ones uh, being the Guinness Stout, the ex-Guinness Stout casks. And with this, they've done something very interesting. What they have done is they've taken ex-bourbon and ex-red wine casks and shaved the inside and then given them a really good char in order to give it some uh, robust flavor. Uh, should be pretty sensational. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, so you said the, the first two were both Guinness? Yes. As far as I can tell, there was like the Guinness first edition, Guinness second edition, and then the charred oak. Okay. All right. All right. I thought I was missing that. So that's why when I was doing my research. No, I was like, like I, I, from all the research I show, I saw a first and a second, they both showed Guinness. So I'm assuming that's okay. what it was. And I'm really sad that I don't have an extra bottle of that one because um, I really don't want to spend the $400 that they're going for right now. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Didn't you originally buy it for like 60 or 70? or something like that um i actually did it at an auction oh okay and it was at bevy's liquor um they did an annual auction and the funds uh, the profits went to their local fundraiser um which for them they donate a lot to the police and um other first responders um who have had terrible events happen in their life and so it was very easy for me to uh, pay way ridiculously more than that bottle was going for at the time i paid 180. <laughs> Probably should have been 80, <laughs> but it felt like a, a noble and a, a right cause, uh, something that was worth it because I do really appreciate all the first responders and all the, the safety they bring for those in this world. So the one that you, uh, that you auctioned for, was that um, first or second edition? It was the second. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I don't know if you saw this, but like I guess in Nick Offerman says like there's def, uh, that there's what seven kinds of foods. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that, but it sounds like something he would say. And so apparently the, he said like the the reason what or what inspired him for this particular type of uh, logavool in here for the eleven year has to do with these seven types of foods. And 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 he said that, you know, some people might argue that there's more than seven types of foods, but there's really only seven types of foods. And um, so the seven types of foods are bacon, eggs, I don't know what this one is. Pan, pancetta? Pancetta. Yeah. Pancetta. Okay. Yeah. This is another type of basically a pork product. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> scotch eggs. I never had scotch eggs before. <laughs> Fish and chips. Beef and steak. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and he's he uh, I guess in his little like write up about this, he uh, said that it was done with American oak and European oak. Some of it's uh, European scotch oak and some of it is European wine oak, but he didn't really specify, but maybe you found something a little bit different than what I found. No, I think the the point there, though, was that he wanted this, and when they partnered uh, for this scotch, one of the things was he wanted the perfect scotch to go with a medium-rare ribeye steak. Well, there you go, because he said, like, one of the best <laughs> things you could ever do in life is put one of the seven... <laughs> with another? Put one of the seven foods into a body. There you go. 
And so if you design this scotch here to go with the steak, you're putting one of the seven food groups into your body. And then that's supposed to help complement it, apparently. All right. Well, <laughs> you know, we've talked briefly about Lagavoon in the past. We've had some of their scotches on previous shows. A couple other just basic details about this. Again, 46% ABV. Lagavulin established in 1816, so running a little over two centuries old, and uh, much like many distilleries had some struggles with production in the 80s, there just wasn't a whole lot of demand. And then demand skyrocketed thereafter. Um, and they have done a lot of things and made a lot of great scotches. Well known, most known, I would say, uh, for their 16-year variety. Um, however, they also do the 16-year distillers edition. Um, they have a 25, a, a, I believe it was a 35, and a 37, and some other rare ones out there. And if you look at the prices of some of those and what you'll pay for a dram, uh, yeah, better bring your kids life savings or your car <laughs> to train in <laughs> on some of those uh, more aged versions. Uh, but with this, um, there's some interesting facts about the Ardbeg distillery. Again, 1815. Did you say Ardbeg or do you mean? Oh, sorry, Lagavulin. I, I just want to make sure. Yeah, I, no, no, no. I was, uh, I was thinking because at the, at the southern, he's so, a, there's a bunch, there's over 100 little islands and islets along the coast of Scotland. Um, and they're on the Atlantic side. This is the, the most south of the large islands. Um, because of that, it really benefits uh, from some of the warmer air that comes around. Um, and... Uh, it is really nestled quite close to both Laphroaig and Arbeg. Okay. Um, and with that, they're, you know, they've got their own little water sources. The Solemn Locks is where uh, Lagavulin gets their water from. Uh, again, one of the things that's supposed to be great about this is the fact that on this island, um, and it's, it's 1.8 million years old is the rock on the western, the Atlantic side of this island where the water is constantly beating it up. That's before we had multicellular beings on this planet. <laughs> that's how old this rock is. Some of the oldest rock on the surface of the earth. Um, and, and with that though, um, you've got a lot of interesting Interesting salt water that be, that attaches to the surface of the island um, and also makes the peat more briny. So one of the reasons that that flavor, that brine flavor, comes through pretty strong in there. I wonder, like you know, like all these like uh, Scotch distilleries, they all talk about like their water source. Mm -hmm. All I all I can think of is like you have a bunch of like Brad Pitts from the Snatch. <laughs> fighting each other out and like, say like this is my water source <laughs> probably <laughs> like it's no joke so <laughs> isla is home to less than four thousand inhabitants so not a ton of people but it is a two-hour ferry ride to the mainland <laughs> um and apparently it is a treacherous boat rider ferry ride at, at times um you want to make sure you have a skilled and knowledgeable uh captain of your boat because there are lots of signs along the coast <laughs> that show where others may have not made it where they have uh, perished but we were talking about um, some of that warm the the gulf stream brings in some uh, some warmth um, whereas the highlands absolutely freeze during the winter months uh, Lockavulin, um, isla lafroig ardbeg they benefit from the gulf stream bringing in a little bit of warmth into it and so uh, they're not saying it's the perfect place to be in the dead of winter, but it's far more comfortable than the highlands. One other interesting fact, this is pretty astounding actually, it's only 22 miles north of Ireland. And because of that, they had a lot of history uh, trafficking a lot of illegal scotches and alcohols during times <laughs> when it was not legal um, that came and went off of the island. <laughs> uh, so a lot of history there be a lot of fun to dig more into that one of these days. I do like the box. I do. I like the coloring. It almost reminds me, I think we're talking about this, it reminds me of, uh, like, an artist. Do, do you remember what artist we said it was? Uh, yes, it was Van Gogh. Okay. 
Starry nights. <laughs> oh, man. So, bottle, very typical Lagavulin. This one, however, uh, does look a little less green in the glass than some of their 16s, uh, but definitely has that color to it. A good foil. Offerman's face right on the front. <laughs> I mean, well done, Offerman. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the guy who was like on uh, that TV show Community or something like that, or wasn't he Parks like, and Rec? Part, okay, Parks and Rec, yeah. And he's the guy who was like the the libertarian, right? I mean, he was very outspoken and very uh, offensive to most. <laughs> <laughs> Wooden top, I like that. Not always. Uh, seeing the wooden tops on all of the nice scotches anymore. Thank you, sir. Of course. All right. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Off to our warp speed. <laughs> wow i like this offerman um i think this will go very well with one of the seven main food groups of steak being one of them uh you know when i first start looking at this particular scotch um one of the main things uh, we both noticed um is that it is considerably lighter in color than last week's arbeg which was another great scotch um here uh, in my notes i put it is uh light to medium gold and I, and I think it's probably a little bit more on the medium side than the than the light side but it's definitely i think in the in the darker part of the transition going into a dark gold color now as i um as i start to uh dive a little bit deeper into the scotch and uh stick my nose all the way up into that uh, glass <laughs> <laughs> Stick your nose all the way in. All the way in. <laughs> um, I'm getting like a hints of brine. Uh, definitely some berry notes in there. And the one word I uh, I put down to describe what I get off of the nose is that it's bright. And I, I, I mean, I don't know like how you can really describe a a an aroma as being bright but it, that's what that's what it reminds me of is it's like it's not like overpowering with anything it's just like really nice it has nice like a little bit of like maybe like a hint of floral in there but i, mean, I can't really place that um but also has some berry notes like i said and some brine and and the, and there's like you know there's obviously something else that's going in there um that uh, we were trying to find out some other smell uh, other things that we we're trying to pick up um, now, as I went into the, um, into the palette, um, this is where I'm getting a little bit more characteristics of this, uh, of the scotch. And this is where I put in like hints of chocolate with vanilla, some, some mild peat, and then I put woody, but then right next to the, right next to woody, I put a question mark and I put sandalwood. And honestly, I think maybe that's also in the nose, that sandalwood. And then also there's like a slight hint of spice there. It's like a woody spice, maybe. And as we go into the finish, I'm uh, my, my first taste of this, the finish was a nice, earthy, wet leather finish that gave you that nice, also wet oak. So it was like wet leather and oak. 
maybe a little bit musky with that earth tones to it. And really what it kind of reminds me of is like uh, that finish really reminds me of a really good, well-developed French red wine. Mm. And, and I think this is one of the reasons why I really enjoy <laughs> this scotch. And it's funny because like last week we had a really great scotch from Ardbeg. Phenomenal scotch. And um, I think because of this finish is more towards wine, and I'm more of a wine drinker really, um, I really like the finish of this Offerman because it really reminds me of a really nice developed red wine, uh, maybe from Bordeaux or something like that. And it just has that nice old world style of the of the moss, the peat, the the muskiness, the wet leather, and then the oak. It's just like it I love it. <laughs> and it, I mean if you can find this, and I think right now, uh there's a probably a good deal. I think I, I when I was at Costco last week, I saw like they had like a, a bunch of them for like 69 bucks I think it was is what it was. 69 dude. 69 dude. And honestly, I would I would I go if I was you and you're watching this show and you made it this far, I would definitely advise you to go buy some. Pause it. Hook it up to your car and listen to us on the way. <laughs> Do not miss this scotch. This scotch is, I think it's definitely worth it, especially if that's at the price point, because I'm not sure what you said. You, I, I know you didn't go to Costco to pick it up, but I, I think you still found it for like around 89. 89. Exactly. So if it's even at $89, I think this, this particular bottle is a steal. And, um, I, yeah, I give it two thumbs up. Yes, I would take it to a poker night. <laughs> yes, I would. I take it to a special event. Yes, I would hoard it for myself too. I would do all those things. Um, honestly, if it's going to be a poker night, those got to be some close buddies. Oh yeah. And if it's a if it's an event, it's got to be a really nice event too. Um, but most most likely, I'm stealing this for myself. <laughs> and then and I'm only and then I'm going to share it if I don't drink it all on my own which I'd be dumb enough to do probably and pass out and find myself like doing something stupid, like face first onto the floor. Uh, but um, I would definitely share this with a, with a, with a good friend who also enjoys scotch. This is like a very good quaffable scotch. It has nice characteristics. And honestly, I think because they use those French uh, or European barrels that had wine in them, I think you, you get. I think on the finish, that's what gives you that nice wine type of uh, earthy finish to it, and that's. And I, I think it makes a great finish for this particular bottle, and it's nothing like what I would expect from a Lagavulin. I would expect a lot more of a, like a band aid, heavy peat, heavy smoke type of smell to go with it, but it's not that way. It's a lot more elegant, I would say. That is a great word for it. I um, think you're surprisingly in line with my mind being blown okay. by this Lagavulin because it is not at all what I expected. Because I, I, when I think Lagavulin, you know, I always think your mom's wedding and us polishing off a bottle of uh, Lagavulin 16. <laughs> Next to a fire pit. <laughs> Next to a fire pit. So the smoke just made sense, right? The peat was prevalent. Like, it, it slapped. <laughs> Um, I, I guess the way I would think about this scotch, well, how I would define the scotch is when I think of the scotch, I'm thinking about going on a sexy vacation where there is mixed weather. Um, you might be going, I might be going to Boston and one day I'm wearing my leather jacket and it's raining and it's a little chilly out. Um, but the, as the, as the mist is falling on my jacket, I get that wet leather smell definitely in this scotch, but I am absolutely dressed well comfortable uh, and when i say well i'm talking like nice leather jacket nice shoes you're you're not wearing your sweatpants people do not drink this scotch in sweatpants be sexy go on a sexy vacation and then you're going to a fine greek dinner i'm talking you're looking at history benjamin franklin uh, this is literally a sophisticated sexy scotch to me it literally makes me want to uh go on a vacation um, predominantly to Scotland. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just laughing here because you said don't wear your sweatpants. Yeah, and I keep thinking like some, some, some 
ugly ass dude wearing like these gray sweatpants with like fucking butt with butt cracks like drinking a bottle of Lagavulin off from Inchardo. Yeah. No, please don't. Please do not. I went uh, to like the worst possible image. Yeah. I no, I think that's about the image that is as good as that image gets. Um, this is fun. So uh, the other flip side of this is um, this is the after dinner scotch. And I love the fact that the, the plan here was that this would go uh, brilliantly with a ribeye medium rare because I think if that medium rare ribeye is cooked perfectly I, I uh, have some ideas why this goes flawlessly with uh, that's one of the seven food groups okay so uh, as I said man you are dressed well and then this is your after dinner scotch after that fine dining again this is a, a, a sexy scotch to me Color, simple, medium gold, not super dark, not light, um, lighter than I expected for it being super charred oak, um, 46% ABV, non-chill filtered, love everything about that. Then you get to the nose. A little bit of that PD Band-Aid smell I love but not overpowering. Um, followed by a little bit of chocolate. You mentioned sandalwood. Um, and I am going to throw in something else as we were going back and forth. What is that other smell? What is that other smell? What is that other smell? And I think what I finally came to was it reminded me of child, my childhood when I'm drinking cherry Kool-Aid. I think it is a hint. I think that berry um, on the nose is cherry. And again, wine lover goes great with a steak. And there's also a hint of lavender on the nose for me. On the palate, it is all pleasure. It is pungent, but not overpowering. Again. The chocolate, another thing that goes great with red meat. People don't ever want to admit it, but it does. The sea salt then pops. And I know you're a fan of Oban in the brine, and that is where I think this next, the body is just encumbered with this delicious salty feeling on my tongue. But it's also got, along with the chocolate, it's got vanilla and this creaminess that I wouldn't necessarily expect. And then there's the, the wood is oaks. It is multiple types of oak. Um, and all of that follows into this warm absolutely lingering and not hot by the way not like alcohol hot warm lingering um woody finish and then i get a little hint just that little teeny hint of the berry again that cherry flavor um and it's a creamy it's like a a, a creamy chocolate cherry scotch at the end but you know, don't go thinking <laughs> this is a dessert scotch. This is a very small hint, um, but I absolutely see why this could be paired, again, flawlessly with a medium rare ribeye. I actually would have loved it with my meal tonight. <laughs> I think it would have gotten great with my meal. It for sure would have the bacon. Another one of the food groups. <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe I, I mean I didn't have beef, but I did have bison. So I think the bison with the with the bacon, I think it would have gone well. Uh, again, with you, would I take this to a poker night? Absolutely, if they are worthy. Um, is this something I am keeping an extra one of on my shelf for a special event? Yes. Um, am I taking it to impress someone? Oh yeah. If they are a connoisseur, they will absolutely enjoy this, especially if they are also a lover of wine and that brine. It's time for our shout outs. So my shout out is just to everyone who has already voted. I mean, you stole my shout out. No way. <laughs> my shout outs are <laughs> voters. I was going to leave it till next and we have my shout out be to everyone who had voted, but I'm like, oh, okay. Right. I got a back. I got a backup <laughs> shout out. But seriously, everyone who is either planning on voting makes it to vote or has already voted. I dropped my ballot off earlier today. I love the security and the presence they're making to make sure there is uh, less potential for tampering or fraud or any number of other things. I really uh, enjoyed 
the setup. Uh, it wasn't just a drive up ballot with the car in front of you dropping in a hundred ballots. Like, Hey, who are they voting for a school? <laughs> oh yeah. All those kids are 14. They're voting this year. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh wait, that's not legal. So, um, but no, I, I love the presence. I love what Arapahoe County did here, uh, making me feel uh, that it was more secure. So everyone who voted cheers. All right, well, um, when this actually does drop and go live, everyone would have uh, or should have voted. So for all the people who did vote or are able to vote legally, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say uh, that was my part of my shout-out, which was similar to yours. But my backup shout-out is going to Elon Musk. Oh, nice. <laughs> and really with Elon Musk, and uh, my shout-out here is for him taking over Twitter and actually um, – being able to do some uh, fact-checking on some people who might otherwise wouldn't have been fact-checked before uh, he took over. For instance, maybe like one President Biden who uh, had had mentioned something about uh, him being responsible for the uh, most uh, or the largest uh, amount of like money or increase for social security or how you know gas prices have gone down um you know i think the way he like the way the white house or him had posted it it uh he got fact checked and and what happened with one of those fact checks ended up uh to where the white house pulled down the the tweet altogether Mm, interesting (laughs) is it this one nope that's elon musk (laughs) that one that's the white house and biden Elon. <laughs> Tonight, that's my log of one. <laughs> right? Magic. All right. Uh, how about some uh, uh, get it together? Is any get it together? I just got one get it together, and it just goes out to anyone who hasn't just taken a conscious moment and considered what must really be going on in this world right now, where we have a russia invading ukraine but we still are living in the dark ages compared to everything we saw every day during the gulf the little four uh so there's obviously something bigger going on um whatever that may be i have ideas i can't say them except maybe on twitter (laughs) (laughs) i think you said on our on the rumble Rumble. yeah but just uh take get it together and take a conscious moment um, and really think about what is going on. Why have we given over $40 billion in aid to this country uh, when our own country has so many opportunities that $40 billion could have gone to? Like, maybe that could have paid off some of that student debt. Maybe. All right, might get it together. Weird bodily functions. Uh-oh. <laughs> like, that, this has this not occurred. Is this a sweatpant guy again? No. Bent <laughs> <laughs> over with his bottle. Look at him. Why is it green? You know, like you know, when you get like you're like probably like you're talking to someone sometimes or whatever, and also your your body. Oh, you're okay. like, oh, sorry about that. Or you know, sometimes you know you might uh, think you're gonna you know like let it loose like a silent but deadly fart, but it also turns into a shark or. Uh, <laughs> never trust a fart <laughs> or you know like sometimes where you feel like you have to go to the restroom and you think it's going to be some epic <laughs> some epic shit and all you do is go poof, fart the whole time and uh so i just wanted to give uh and get it together to weird bodily functions it's <laughs> <laughs> a good one yeah <laughs> it's real People have weird bodily functions I mean, happen all the time. Uh, you looked for it afterwards, and apparently it was nothing. <laughs> all right, so this evening we went to uh, Old Blinking Light. And uh want me to start, or you want to go? Go for it. All right, so um, pulling up to uh, Old Blinking Light here uh, in uh, Highlands Ranch area. It's actually around. It's like in a fairly, uh, it looks like a nice area or a little like strip mall area. Um, and there's a lot of restaurants right there. Um, 
nothing on the outside really jumps out to me um, with this particular restaurant. But when you first walk in, the foyer area is uh, really, I actually really kind of liked it, like with the, like the little circular uh, seat thing there for where people could wait. Uh, and then uh, off to the right of there is you, you see the uh, bar area. And the bar area looked really, really nice. As you walk into the more into the to the restaurant area, um, I did like the decor of it. I thought it. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like a five star type of decor, but it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like Taco Bell or something like that either. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it it was. I think it was pleasant enough to sit there and know that you're like in a fairly nice restaurant, but not at like a overly expensive restaurant, and. The one part I think that may have been, uh, it doesn't really bother me too much, but I think it might have, I know you mentioned it, but I don't really want to steal your thunder on it. So. Oh, man, you can go for it. <laughs> is that, it. <laughs> is that the, the, the ceiling is more that the old industrial type of thing, like where I think it was like kind of really big in like the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, where they had the uh, industrial type of stuff up there for the ceiling where you could see all, like, the uh, ventilation and all that stuff. And I'm not sure if I'm, like, a really big fan of that either. Uh, I think, like, when it first, like, when restaurants and bars first started doing that, I thought it was kind of cool, but now I'm kind of over that. And uh, But it did have, like, a nice warm feeling in there. Um, it looked like... The one thing I'll say that they did really, really well is their fruit is their food presentation. Their food presentation, everything that we that we got, uh, was presented really, really well. And you don't really see that too often in a lot of restaurants anymore, or maybe if you go to a lot more fine dining that you will. Uh, but for this price range, it doesn't really seem like you see it as often. Um, our appetizer, um, the Diablo eggs, which Jesse said, uh, <laughs> oh, deviled eggs. And I'm like, it's Diablo eggs. And I'm like, oh, duh. that means devil eggs. <laughs> um, I hear the presentation. I love the presentation of how they had it set up, um, where you had the egg, it had the normal feeling in it and then it had like the bacon sticking out of it with some like uh, lettuce and stuff on the, on the plate. Um, and honestly, it didn't come out the way I expected it would come out. And I honestly expected more out of the flavor. So this was not a total win, but the presentation was really nice. So as far as the appetizer goes, I probably would skip it if uh, if it wasn't happy hour. Um, but happy hour price was only like six bucks. So it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't that bad, but it wasn't all that great either. I was expecting it to be a little bit spicier. I thought they were going to be like, I thought the, the hatch green chili peppers and the jalapenos would be a little bit more prevalent in there. Um, and, uh, but it, it really wasn't, but my meal on the other hand, wow. Um, I got the uh, bacon wrapped bison meatloaf with, uh, mashed potatoes and, um, fresh vegetables or steamed veggies. And, uh, that was, that was excellent. Um, you know, um, when I got a piece of the meatloaf that had a little bit of the bacon, excuse me, a little bit of the bacon on there, the flavor, uh, bacon and the mushroom, and if I put a little bit of, like, the uh, mashed potatoes all together on it, which normally I don't like to do. I like to eat, like, my, my food separately, one item at a time. But when this was all mixed together, it tasted great. <laughs> but if I got a piece of the meatloaf where there wasn't any bacon attached to it, then I was like, it was lacking a little bit of flavor, but really you needed, anytime you took a bite, if you got a piece of the bacon at the bare minimum that was wrapped it around it, it made for an excellent, it was excellent. It tasted excellently, excellent. Uh, tasted great. <laughs> excellently. <laughs> or excellent. <laughs> uh, tripping up on my words there. Any case, um, I, I really liked it. And so um, as far as the food goes, I'm going to give it a nine. I was I was that impressed with the place. I, I thought the food tasted great, great presentation. Even though I wasn't super excited about the appetizer, I'm still giving it a, a nine, mostly because my main dish was great. I thought um, the service. I'm gonna give that a six. I thought our I thought our waiter was. Uh, I think he left us wanting. Uh, 
Uh, he wasn't very prompt, uh, and he. I, I'm not. I didn't really get the idea that he knew what he was talking about when it came to the menu. Um, the ambiance or the or the restaurant inside. I'm gonna give that like a, a seven. And so I think the nine and the six kind of cancel each other out and kind of pushes about a 7.5 total for it. Would I take a first date there? Yes, I would. Uh, would I meet friends there? It depends. Like I'm not, if I'm just going to be like just chopping it up with friends and uh, you know, like if I want to watch a game or something with them, no, I probably wouldn't go there. Um, if we're going to, you know, if I'm meeting a friend for like, you know, uh, maybe like talking like a business meeting or, uh, we're meeting up for some, you know, something that's just like, you know, not game watching or something like that. Just maybe catch up on, uh, you know, some, some time and stuff. Sure. I can, I would meet a friend there. Well, for me, the old blinking light. Uh, so Highlands Ranch, Colorado, just, you know, a couple blocks really south of 470 on Lucent and then two blocks, uh, East on Highlands Ranch Parkway. Um, I, with you, I'm right there on the outside, not impressed. The outside was nothing spectacular to look at, partially because they have those vinyl, I'm guessing, sheets of plastic so they can keep the outdoor seating a little warmer. Um, not sexy, but... That's not what we were there for. That We were there for the whole package. So as we walked in, I agree. The entrance, the bar area, that looked fun. We did not sit there. We sat in the regular restaurant, which was also okay. Um, the service, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm right there with you. The service was a six only because of the stall at the beginning of the evening. Uh, the food uh, the deviled eggs. The only thing I can think of is they probably prepare these in advance. And maybe ours have been sitting out for a little while. Because much like yourself, it tasted straight like a deviled egg to me. But uh, it was you know, listed as having jalapeno and green chili. And I was excited for those flavors. I just didn't get them. Um, well, but what I did get was a really good deviled egg with a masterfully cooked piece of bacon on the top so no complaints just not great now that then transcended into the dinner and the dinner was fantastic green chili chicken fettuccine and the portion size was appropriate was not massive finished the whole thing no problem and part of that was because it was that damn good <laughs> the chicken was grilled to perfection tender but still had that flavor from the grill that you get with the grill marks and the green chili the creamy green chili sauce on the fettuccine the spinach fettuccine perfect i was utterly impressed <laughs> I uh, don't know what else to say with you. Uh, I, again, um, I got to say the food for me was also a nine, the, the dinner. The deviled eggs, again, no complaint. I just had higher expectations. But my dinner was a home run. Uh, would I take a date there? Uh, you mentioned the environment, and I didn't care for the giant 12-foot you know, rotating <laughs> aluminum fan up top. It might have been 10 feet. I might be exaggerating. Men often do, right? Um, this giant fan rotating above your head. I, I wasn't crazy above that. Uh, but the rest of it, uh, the environment was good. Would I take a date there if she loves good food and it's one of those dishes we tried? Absolutely. It was comical. Uh, our waiter, Nick, when asked what he, he recommended on the menu, literally listed off everything but the two dishes we got. <laughs> and then we were, you know, we hit home runs. Um, the environment inside, again, uh, probably right around that seven mark. Uh, going there with friends, I'm kind of like, uh, you know, thinking about the same thing with you. If I'm going there to eat a great meal at a reasonable price value-wise, I thought the, the meal was value. Um, I don't know 
you know, again, for food, yes. Uh, would I take a date there again for the food? Absolutely. Uh, but if I'm just going to chill, that's a good way to put it. This would not be my destination just to have a couple drinks and go catch up with a buddy. There are other places right next door, as a matter of fact, that would be better for that, especially if you're watching part of a game or hanging out and you want a, a little bit noisier attitude. Uh, you know, um, yeah, a little bit noisier area. Um, but this place was definitely family friendly. And that was actually surprising. There's just a number of families in there. Not cheap. Average dish, I would say, was $20. Yeah, about $20 a plate. Uh, not cheap, but definitely delicious. So uh, kudos to that. Total overall score is an eight. Uh, again, the only thing that brought it down was the environment of the main restaurant to me. But I think that's I think the way you were you mentioned that really made me think it is a destination for a date and great food, not necessarily a destination just for two friends to catch up and eat a couple appies. All right. Well, if you are in the area of Highlands Ranch, uh, definitely I would say uh, check that place out. Uh, it has great food. Let them know you heard about them um, from Scotch Hour. Not that they're going to give you a discount <laughs> or anything. They probably won't even know who we are. Um, but yeah, just let them know. And uh, we'd greatly appreciate that as well. Christopher Walken and our favorite roles that he has played. The best of Christopher Walken, as it might be. Uh, you know... I think it's only fair, much as we did last week, to give a little bit of history about this great actor before we jump right into, eh, these were my three favorite roles that he played. With that, Mr. Christopher Walken, also known as birth name, Ronald Walken, uh, born March 31st, 1943 in New York City. So far from young at this point, but definitely well accomplished. Uh, his biggest award that I ha have seen really, I don't know if it's the one he's most proud of, but it was his Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor um, in The Deer Hunter, 1978. Oh, I thought he got it uh, with Catch Me Catch Me If You Can. He was nominated for oh. a second one with that, but did not get it. Oh, okay. Yes. I know. That's another great movie. But he, again, all these different roles, tons, like 48, I think, total award nominations is one a total of around 20. Tons of nominations. Does a great job. Uh, with that, he did meet his wife in 1963, Giorgio Don. I hope I'm pronouncing that somewhat. Georgianne Thon um, is what she changed her name to, not her birth name, because that was the name of the aunt that raised her. So uh, in respect, took that name. Uh, he met her on the set of West Side Story. Again, 1963, they were married. 1969, have been married ever since. So we're talking about over 50 years at this point. You don't really hear that too much. Dude, that's like, impressive as hell. Yeah. <laughs> Because Hollywood couples, right? They last like three years, maybe. I, I think the like five. the yeah, it's like five, seven, twelve, and then all of a sudden you're like definitely out. You know, you got the Demi Moore, Bruce Willis situation at twelve years or ten years. Like it's tragic. It is absolutely tragic. But these guys have been married for over fifty years. That's amazing. That's magical. Uh, cheers and congratulations. congratulations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Golden anniversary, right? Fifty years. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Almost to that platinum sixty. <laughs> Uh, but he started very young, again, New York City, right around the age of 10, and met Jerry Lewis and did some little bit parts for the Colgate Comedy Hour. He got paid nothing, just did the roles, but enjoyed them and really started some of his vast career. Um, and I think something that's very important is uh, it. He is a perfect prime example of, man, all life throws you some weird curveballs. <laughs> Strange stuff does happen. Like being a lion tamer. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, or being on a boat where a lady drowned, you know, any <laughs> number of things. Um, but he has also taken it in stride and is very respectful to those uh, around him. Um, yeah. What do you want to throw in there? Well, um, I think part of that whole being respectful is that he grew up in the Bronx, right? If I remember correctly. 
Um, so that's New York, Bronx, 1940s. Uh, so you still had a lot of the um, that kind of like um, older tradition values there. So I think, you know, him being part of like seeing or being there where Natalie would pass away. I think that gives that kind of respect to why he wouldn't say or doesn't really like to talk about that. Um, what I did put in here or in my, so my notes here is that, um, he got the name Christopher for, uh, when he was, um, working at a nightclub and his boss, who's, uh, Monique Von Voren, I think is her name. She would change. He was like a part of a three man dancing group and she would change their names all the time. And then, uh, she's the one who came up with Christopher. That's how it, it landed with him. And it just stuck from that point on. Um, also, when he was younger, at age 16, he did become a lion tamer or apprentice to lion, to lion, lion taming at the local uh, uh, circus there. And, um, oh, yeah, in 2008, uh, he had a website there called uh, walkin2008.com because he had considered running for president. And honestly, I think he might have done a better job than Obama, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a big Obama fan, so but I, I probably would have liked that. Uh, he's also a huge like uh, fan of Elvis Presley, so he did write and star in a play that he that he wrote. So he wrote a play about Elvis, and he starred in it. So I think that's pretty cool as well. That play was called Him. 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 <laughs> Him. And then I thought this would be really, like, this would have been interesting, this this other one here. But he was the uh, runner-up, I guess, to uh, uh, to be Han Solo. He was George Lucas's second choice uh, to be Han Solo. Could you imagine what, like, Christopher Walken as Han Solo in Star Wars, how much different that would have been? Yeah. It would have been a <laughs> lot different. <laughs> I mean, Harrison Ford, I thought he did a great job as as uh, Han Solo, but Christopher Walken as Han Solo, mine equals blowing right there. That would just be so, like, weird. It would be different because now you would have a character that was just immediately more intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> right? This guy always plays a role where he is wise beyond his years, and he's not young anymore, <laughs> and still he plays currently in, in roles, and again, wise beyond his years. And it's just, it's amazing, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I do too. And then I guess his breakout role came in, uh, was it Annie Hall? Uh, that was a, uh, what's that guy's name? He's like a pedophile. Woody something or other. I don't think you can say that, man. I can't. (laughs) No. (laughs) Woody Allen. Woody Allen. Yeah. Yes. 1977's Annie Hall. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I said it, so it's there. I think we'll be okay. (laughs) Hey, I didn't mention anything about like some election fraud or anything, so we should be good. Until now. All right. Uh, so those those are like the other like little tidbits I I found about him. The other things I really appreciated about some of his younger years, he did play the star roles on stage for Shakespeare's Hamlet, Macbeth, Romeo and Juliet, as well as Coriolanus or Coriolanus. One of those two. <laughs> Uh, the the biggest tragedy I think in his life that he you mentioned he does not like to talk about is he was on the sixty foot yacht Splendor when Natalie Woods apparently met her demise. Um, to this day, I think it's uh, still in question. I don't know if they ever fully closed the case uh, because her husband, the heart to heart actor Robert Wagner, was on the ship and again husband and the ship's captain Dennis Davern. Uh, both interviewed by the police on multiple occasions. Um, Christopher Walken is quoted uh, when he did his last interview on the subject with people. He said, I don't know what happened. She slipped and fell in the water. I was in bed then. It was a terrible thing. Look, we're in a conversation I won't have. 
it's a fucking bore. And he does not talk about it. And anyone who even tries to talk about it with him, uh, he just walks away from. And I think that, again, that's part of this interesting respect of, hey, I don't have answers. I'm not going to make accusations. I was asleep. And nobody wants to be part of that. Um, the interesting uh, part that's kind of tragic beyond all is that the captain davern uh, is reported saying that natalie woods was actually flirting with christopher walken that's when her husband robert wagner got outraged and uh who knows what happened after that? But man, Christopher Walken is a fun guy. Who wouldn't flirt with him? I'd be flirting with him if I was on a yacht with him. I'm like, hey, come on, you want some Lagavulin? You're one of the few friends we'll share this with. Come on, you know, tell me something I need to know. <laughs> uh, he he does seem like he would be a good person to know, or maybe I mean, he definitely would be a person I'd love to go like have dinner with or. Uh, be able to sit down and just you know just uh you know ask questions or just get to know the guy i think he i think he, he seems like a good character i could be totally wrong maybe he's not but he seems like he'd be a really fun person or a good gear a good guy to like hang out for a night with super lighthearted, ironically yeah. and i say this um Truly, ironically, <laughs> he reminds me a lot about my father. Just like easy going, cool. Uh, my dad did not have the same life because my dad had children. Christopher Walken did not have children. And he actually accredits his success largely to that fact where he has a couple of cats or he's had a cat. <laughs> he's had a cat in the past. He's had some cats. He had no kids. And that enabled him to free up a lot of his time because it's a truth. You have kids. And if you're a good parent, and I think he's a good man so he's going to give kids an equitable amount of attention it does take away from other things you can do i don't doubt that I don't know. <laughs> i'm not a dad so i can't say not that he knows <laughs> all right any other facts you got i don't have any, anything else to add there no that's it uh besides his one of the world's got to be one of the world's longest and largest careers and number of movies, TV shows, specials he's been on, uh, quite a life. Yes. All right. Going from three to one. If you look at his different roles, which is your third favorite role that he has part been portrayed in or played in third favorite role that he has played in. Mm. I'm going to go with Last Man Standing. Ooh. Being uh, kind of like the main bad gunman there, um, going up against uh, Bruce Willis. Um, I don't know. I, I like the whole like uh, motif of that movie where it's kind of done in like the roaring 20s uh, bootlegging time in a, uh, in a border town where they're trying to bring in the, uh, the liquor and Bruce Willis comes in as kind of like the... Uh, the nomad, the nomad uh, uh, gunslinger, and uh, Christopher Walken being like the main kind of like everyone's scared of bad guy. As far as like he's not like the the boss, right? But he's like the boss's right hand man, the enforcer guy. And I, I really, I think it's a really fun movie, and I think he does a really good job with his character. And uh, I like that movie a lot. All right. All right, for me, this is it's actually really hard because there, it's like there's like a hundred. It was super hard. I have like a list of like ten of them here. I'm like, I gotta pick three. Okay, <laughs> like it's, there's so many honorable mentions, um, and I think for me, the 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 tough one is trying to decide between. Pulp Fiction for number three. <laughs> he did an awesome job. <laughs> or True Romance. And ultimately, oh. and dude, his role in True Romance was great, but ultimately, I go Pulp Fiction because that is the guy that I think of when I think of Christopher Walken, someone who has lived through it in this, you know, in his role there, he survived the war and brought... Bruce Willis's character's uh, father's watch to him and <laughs> saved it, protected it in the most interesting of ways. <laughs> I held this watch up my keister <laughs> for five years while they tortured me. <laughs> like, 
It's about the only safe place I imagine. <laughs> His role there is like super small too. But you know, everyone knows it. <laughs> yeah. It's so impactful. <laughs> Played it perfectly. So, um, you know, but again, true romance, that's where he's more of the, the brutal mobster, so to speak. Right. But still, he's just like looking around when they're talking to Brad Pitt. And these other guys like, is this guy for real? <laughs> is this guy for real? <laughs> it's great. All right. Your number two. All right. My number two. Um, once again, th- these are all very hard because like, there are some other, like there, there are other movies that he's been in, um, that I think he might have maybe done better than the ones that I've chosen here. And I think I really, the way I went is like ones where he had a little bit more exposure in than like some, like these smaller, um, roles. Um, so my, my number two is going to be suicide Kings. All right. And he's kind of like the. He's not the main character, but he's he's really prevalent in there, being the mobster boss that they kidnap and stuff like that, and um, how he like interacts with like the uh, uh, these like college kids who kidnapped him to try to get like money and stuff like that. I think uh, he did an excellent job doing that, and he does he he does a really great job of being like a mob boss. Really good job. All right, my number two. And he plays both the good guy and the villain so well. Goes to 1985's James Bond, A View to a Kill. Oh, yes. <laughs> In here with Grace Jones as his sidekick. She's like two feet taller than he is. But uh, <laughs> with Grace Jones as his sidekick, he does a fantastic job playing the Bond villain. And again, <laughs> he just does it well. I think he just really... It's almost like he's a Nick Cage, but older, wiser, and more of a badass. <laughs> Just does it well. And my number one here, I'm assuming you're done with that part, right? My number one is Prophecy. Okay, I love The Prophecy. Yeah, The Prophecy. I think he, like he uh, plays uh, uh, Gabriel, right? Archangel Gabriel. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I love the way he he uh, he he talks about like like the humans being monkeys and all that stuff. The way, I think the way he does the character is just it's good, and that you can it's almost believable. Like if you were to think of like if a if an archangel were arcing if an archangel angel were to become jealous of man, he plays that character pretty well. I mean, and, and I'm not sure how many people have actually like really seen that movie or really know about it. It, it seems like it's kind of like more of a, like an uh, an off the wall type movie, or maybe like one that people may not really pay attention to. But I think it's one that that people really should see. At least his role. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, so it was so hard again. We, you know, as we jump through all these different movies, some of my favorites, honorable mentions. Like you gotta like it stands out, right? In 2000. April of 2000, Saturday Night Live, more cowbell. Ding, ding, yeah. ding, 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 well, ding, you know, ding, that's ding, the thing. <laughs> I had that as one of my uh, one of my honorable mentions. I didn't mention any of my honorable mentions yet. Uh, but that, that more cowbell, I mean, honestly, if I was going to choose, like, whether it's a small bit or a big bit, that probably would be my number one. That, that's, such, that's such a great little skit. It is. But also, like, it's tough um, because you have – Wedding Crashers. Yep. He plays Honorable the dad. Dude, it's so <laughs> wild. So 2005, Wedding Crashers. For me, it was your number two. It's my number one. Suicide Kings. He plays Charlie Bennett. Uh, and he just, again, plays it all so well. But it's, uh, I think when I, you think of the, the different roles we have mentioned. So you've got The Prophecy. Gabriel, we've got Charlie Bennett, Suicide Kings, we've got Pulp Fiction, Wedding Crashers, all of these roles he plays and he he has a point where what I see almost every time is you are a Shakespeare actor with everything you do. You share wisdom, you're learning and teaching at the same time, you're contemplating, you have a depth of character that most people cannot even amount to in life, let alone you are showing that on a big screen given an instant, not an hour. These other actors can't do what he does in a two to five minute role in most movies. They can't do in the full hour and a half they might be 
in it. And with that, um, I think in Suicide Kings at the very beginning, when he, before he gets kidnapped, the way he strolls in, he's cordial. He comes in, the kids are sitting at his table. I say they're kids, they're college students. So the men are sitting at his table. He's cool about it. He gets his drink and then he's going to take them to dinner. Like, what? Like, <laughs> cool guy, right? Um, further along, they cut off his finger and he's sitting there and he's like, give me a drink. Uh, <laughs> another thing he always does well, he dresses well. Yep. Again, he shows this depth that most people can't. And I really appreciate that about you, sir, Christopher Walken. Uh, another one of those, these invitations where should you, <laughs> by ever in the slightest chance, see this show and want to stop by Denver, Colorado, let us buy you a drink and a meal or just a meal um, and share a little bit of your time and wisdom with us. We would greatly appreciate it. Definitely. Another one of my favorite movies that is an honorable mention here is Joe Dirt, his character. Oh Joe my Dirt, goodness, yes. Where he's the, uh, <laughs> the mob bot or the mob guy, the mob character who is under um, uh, witness protection as a janitor. I think that his his part in there is hilarious. Um, another one is Man on Fire. That's really good. Yeah, um, and I had I had Pulp Fiction in there as well. Um, there's, you know, those are some of like my favorite ones, and I definitely love the whole cowbell one. Yeah, That's absolutely. Like, you know what we need? We need more cowbell. <laughs> and again, you just. <laughs> and then when you learn what cowbell means. <laughs> uh, interestingly enough, not to undermine his potentially greatest role, the one that won him an Academy Award from the research I did anyway, the 1978 Deer Hunter. Deer Hunter. The Deer Hunter um, Vietnam War. A, a version of this war, which was very real, I think, uh, painful in ways to watch, to think about. Man, these people are really going to just play like Russian roulette and not worry about life because they don't think there's any chance. Uh, the different things that this movie shows as far as the terrible atrocities our soldiers went through, and then they come back to our country, a whole different story. Now we're getting into Rambo, and they are treated like dirt. Like they didn't want, most of them didn't want to go. <laughs> these people were drafted and then you're going to get upset. Like they didn't ask for that. Right. So, uh, again, Christopher Walken, long standing career. I hope it continues to be long and, um, ageless. So I concur with all of that. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to add there. He's a, he's a fabulous actor and, uh, yeah, uh, I really greatly appreciate everything that he, everything you've done and, uh, and you sharing your, your art with us. That's fantastic. The last thing I do have to mention, and it's also, if you, if you read a little bit more about him, um, he never got into sports. It was acting for him. So he never played basketball or baseball, never learned how to swim but he can tap dance. And another one of his great roles is in the Fat Boy Slim music video oh, yeah, that, where he's just dancing. That is another uh, great one. That warms my heart. Watching that literally warms my heart. I just want everyone at least at moments in their life to be as happy and fluid as he looks in that video. It just makes me happy. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else we, you want to add? That's it. That's it. Okay, so next week... Um, the scotch is, and I don't have it here, but it's going to be the next one in the Kirkland line, which is the Isla, uh, Kirkland Isla from Costco. Uh, we'll give that one a try. And, um, the, uh, smarter challenge. I, I was struggling here with the smarter challenge, but, um, I think where, where I've landed here is for us to watch the movie yesterday. All right. Um, and then kind of just like talk about like what we thought about the movie yesterday and if something were to happen that do you know anything about the movie i do not okay so real briefly uh yesterday is uh this guy he's in he's a musician and uh he gets hit or like i don't know like the whole world blacks out and when the whole world blacks out and comes back on online i guess if you will uh nobody knows who the beatles are and he he is the only person uh, who knows like any of the Beatles songs, 
and he ends up becoming like super famous <laughs> from the Beatles, uh, playing the Beatles songs. So I think it'd be kind of interesting to, to kind of discuss like um, the movie itself, but then like what would it be if something like uh, maybe as significant as the Beatles or uh, Google or something like that didn't exist and you were the last person on earth that did know about it and how, what, what would you do? Would you like take advantage of that knowledge and try and, and, become wealthy off of it or would you share it with the people uh so we could talk about that next week um i think it's a really fun movie to watch hopefully you'll like it hopefully those of you out there who have seen it like it or haven't seen it hopefully you'll watch it and and uh and comment about the movie as well with us uh with that um thank you everyone who watches us uh on youtube and rumble um, if you're looking for episode 80 that's still uh not on youtube yet um <laughs> If you're looking at uh, episode 87, you'll notice that 87 is censored uh, for a portion of it, but you can find the full version on Rumble. Uh, for everyone who listens to us on any of the other audio audio formats, thank you for listening to us. We greatly appreciate the last two months. You guys have been great and uh, made it record months for us. And uh, if you do want to become a patron member and you like what we do, uh, just uh, take the first link down in the description and you can become a patron member there. And any money that you do donate to us, we do utilize uh, to put back into our show. <laughs> and with that, thank you once again, everybody. And I'll pass it along to you. Okay. Uh, feedback. Precious feedback. Please give it. We do use it. Would like to receive more of it. Also, if you haven't seen Black Adam, go see it. It's oh, that's a good movie. I thought it was a great movie. Not everyone's going to like it. It's not necessarily the happy-go-lucky uh, superhero who does no harm. This guy is willing to do whatever it takes. So with that, again, please give us feedback. Like, share, subscribe. Life is great. Drink responsibly. And... Cheers. We hope you enjoyed this evening's episode of Scotch Hour. If you did, please like, share, and subscribe. Also, if you have not done so already, please become a patron member with memberships starting as low as $1 a month. Thank you, and hopefully you have a wonderful evening.